Hello and welcome to the Switzer program. Now on the internet, you can get it through two gates, switzer.com.au and of course the wonderful YouTube that Charlie Aiken is heavily invested in. Uh, this is the first program we've launched on the internet and it follows the shock win to the coalition and the market's unbelievable reaction to it. And to cover that, we've got Charlie Aiken from Aiken Investment Management and my colleague here at switzer.com.au, Paul Rico. Guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks Pete. All right, so uh, just go to you first, Charlie. Was this reaction even bigger than you thought? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously it was a large upset, surprise. Mm. I think it's really more about the Labor Party not being in power than necessarily the Liberal Party being in power. But the positioning into it, Pete, was very heavy. Mm. It was very consensus that the Labor Party would win, very consensus it was bad for banks, very consensus it was bad for housing, very consensus it was bad for parts of healthcare. Mm. So unsurprisingly today, the, some very large short squeezes, I think you could call it, mm. in the banking sector, the biggest moving banks I can remember in my lifetime, yeah. average about 8%. Big moves in healthcare and big moves in housing related stocks. But when you get extreme positioning and a surprise event, you do get violent reactions. And that's so, what we're seeing so today. So the shorts against the Australian banks were pretty big yes. worldwide? Uh, there was two and a half year highs in shorts uh, against Australian banks coming into this. They've all been weak into it. And it was very consensus positioning. So, you know, really, you've seen the banks generally rally their grossed up yield today, in a, annual grossed up yield in a day, mm. effectively. So I think that could actually continue. I think the short positions will continue to be covered. Yeah. You've now had the banks get through the Royal Commission with an unexpectedly good outcome mm. and through the federal election with an unexpectedly good mm. outcome. And I personally think the worst is behind Australian banks. So they've had more luck than speed Gordon, haven't they? Well, they've also been hit pretty hard, mm. you know, coming yeah, into this. You know? Exactly right. As we say, Pete, travel and arrive. Look, I like to travel and arrive, Pete. I mean, yeah. I was, um, look, I've been a bit of a bank bull, but I, I didn't see this rally mm. coming today yeah. like everyone else. But we, we, we talked about, you didn't talk yeah, about the squeeze. I, I, I didn't think, think about the squeeze. Oh, look, I, the squeeze wasn't so bad. In fact, it may have gone back up. There was a couple of really strange things. Last Friday was really big, right? There mm. was some, mm -hmm. the banks fell 3% last yeah, Friday. That's true. Nothing, mm. right? And I guess so when you're back 8 or 9% today for the NAB and Westpac, mm -hmm. It sort of makes up for what happened on Friday. So, look, a big rally, um, and I think um, I think most of it's behind the banks. I, was, I have to say I was a little more disappointed maybe than others with their results. I thought they'd do better in the last quarter, mm. last half year. But, look, it's still a cost game, right? Mm. The, bank who, the bank that's going to win in banking in Australia is going to be the best able to reduce costs. There's, there's no revenue growth. That's not going to mm. change in the short term. It's getting their costs down. Bankers have been overpaid for too long. As an ex-banker wanker, I can say that, right? And uh, look, that, that's what banking is going to be about. So digitising, less staff, smaller branches, uh, fewer products, streamlined business model, and, and they'll be okay. So as, as Charlie says, dividends are okay, maybe with question marks still on Westpac a little bit. But look, I guess I suppose that's what we've seen. Lots of people short and bearish. Mm. Everyone says they got it wrong. Yeah. Now, Charlie, I also figure that... Uh, the market must have assessed if Labor got in, the banks would have been more persecuted by a Bill Shorten government than they will by a ScoMo government. Is that a fair call as I well? I think that's potentially right. You don't get a movement of that scale like we've seen today where that a complete reversal in psychology, mm. where people have completely reassessed what, it, what has happened. Yeah. I would say though, Pete and, and Paul, it's a classic short squeeze. Yeah. You know, they might peter out in the next few days, but I do think the very worst of bank underperformance is behind the Australian market. Mm. 
You got to, it's very rare you see a day like today. The all, I think ASX 200 up 110 points, of which the four banks contributed 100 points. Mm. That is like nothing I've ever seen. Mm. So that is often happens at a turning point, and I'd say that the worst of underperformance of the banks, doesn't mean they all go up from here, mm. is probably behind us. So quite a big and, event. And I, and I look, it is, it is quite remarkable. Mm. I mean, and, but that, again, has been a bit the way they've been, the market's been travelling, you know. Resources mm. with iron ore, anything technology, everything else basically left behind, and now you get the sort of total turnaround. Mm. And, uh, but look, it's a big point. I, I guess the other thing, Peter, as you alluded to earlier, is the question about whether the Reserve Bank might just hold off on cutting the cash rate. Mm. I mean, I don't think it was. Yeah, look, I think that's the main and, point. I think that's the main point. I think the consensus view there's going to be multiple cash rate cuts here is, is way premature, in my view. Mm. I think there's a good chance the Aussie dollar bounces are a little bit harder here. I think the Aussie dollar's oversold. So it's going to 69. Well, it bounced today like about 80 basis points, mm. but it could have a seven in front of it very easily. Really, offshore really hasn't had a big chance. I mean, we're still the That's weekend right. in Wall Street. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, they they have, they have people offshore, particularly in the states, are working on the same information as you know as we've been working on. Every Australian broker has told them, mm. you know, short was going to get mm. elected. Right? Mm. They're all waking up. And they don't remember that none of them have to be in Australia. Australia is a totally you know, fund managers doesn't matter what they manage. There is no, Australia is still, you know, this mm. big on the world map. You don't have to invest in Australia. It's not going to make any difference to portfolios. You're either, you're either overweight Australia or have zero. There's mm. not much in between for most international I would say it's And so when they invest mm. in Australia, they do it for the right reason. When there's uncertainty, they don't, they mm. get out. I think the other thing worth mentioning, Paul, is that the hedge fund community, which is still pretty influential in the short, in the short term, yeah. generally play Australia from the short side, mm. whether it's banks or the currency. So today you saw a very big bank short squeeze and associated housing related short squeeze. The currency's up a bit, and I think there's still very big shorts in, in the currency, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it bounce a bit more sustainably too. I, I've thought for some time this, this, this interest rate cut scenario was very premature yeah. and probably unnecessary and probably wouldn't achieve much. But if, if Labor had won, hmm. do you think, uh, both of you, I'd love to answer this question, if Labor had won, did you, do you think that the Reserve Bank would have been more inclined to cut than with ScoMo in power? You go first, Paul, because you're, you're the ex-banker. Look, I, I think so. I mean, I've always felt the Reserve Bank was pretty reluctant to cash to cut rates. Yeah, it's I agree. Of, at its last meeting, it sort of set out this agenda around unemployment, and I guess we got this last set of figures were a little disappointing. But suddenly, you know, we had a couple of economists last Friday say they're going to cut, and it's going to be in mm. June. I'm not mm. quite sure they, where that they, came they'll from. They'll determine it was June. I mean, remember there's a big tax stimulus coming. I mean, the, um, the rebates only start, uh, and they're up to about $1,030 for most, you know, families. Mm. Uh, they only start when people lodge your tax return. That's all going to hit in July, August, September. That's quite a big stimulus coming. If I was the Reserve Bank, I'm not sure why. But, but hang on, is, and the same thing is, the other stimulus is coming, is the maintenance of negative gearing and the maintenance yeah. of franking credits. Yeah. Yeah. So every retiree out here watching watching the show, yeah. their, their franking credit rebate m remains. They're yeah. not going to lose twenty or $30,000. That mm. is a big stimulus. Yeah. Or a non-negative, non, non anyway. Whatever the opposite. Or the opposite yeah, of I, stimulus. I call yeah. it a better, a better bad it's thing. It's just like yeah. the... the, the the steady state of that is actually a very big positive, I'd suggest, mm, yeah. in terms of incomes. And so I'd be I'd be surprised if the Reserve Bank cut rates anytime soon, unless there's a global global event. Right. And I think the Aussie dollar does look oversold on interest rate differentials or potential interest rate differentials. So perhaps it does a little bit better in the short term. Okay, so the banks have done well today. What other stocks do well today, Charlie? Well, there's a couple of uh, healthcare-specific ones. Medibank Private up 11% on on caps to in, uh, caps to. Uh, 
premium increases not being uh, yeah. enforced under another non-labour policy. Ramsey Healthcare up seven percent. Good short squeeze there again, related to non-labour policy. Correct. Um, Realestate.com, all-time high, the, the portal that sells real estate. Yeah, no negative gearing. Negative Another gearing. JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, both up, yeah, I think, great, 5%. Great for the big retailers. Great. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean why, yeah. why, Paul? Why was Labor going to be bad for retail? Well, I mean, both parties had committed to the uh, instant asset write-off. That had all been legislated, yeah, yeah. right? So look, that, 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 that was, you know, the, on the 3rd of April, the budget, I think, was the 2nd of April. They actually, actually did pass some legislation that put that into law. Mm. But I think it's a confidence thing, Peter. I mean, I think with, with the... Um, and both parties, we're going to have the tax stimulus. And the first home like, grant yeah. as well. But I, think it, but I think it's a confidence thing mm. that is, that, you know, that suddenly, as Charlie said, you know, retirees aren't now worried about saving again because yeah. they're worried about what they're going to do with the absence of franking credits. Mm. Investors are going to, aren't going to be as concerned. Mm. The market's higher. It's a stable government. I think that we can't underestimate that we've now... Both parties are now committed to not changing yeah. prime Losers, for yep, years. that's right. Right, with a, it looks like a majority government is going to be formed, yeah. with perhaps a, a less hostile Senate, mm. and a less hostile right wing of the party. Well, you know, <laughs> Morrison's getting an enormous amount of of is, is it clear air, I guess, clear air, to yeah. actually do what he wants. Now, mm. let's hope he's got the policy to actually govern. Yeah. But it looks like for the first time in maybe six years, a party can actually govern. So mm. I, I think they're all real positives, mm. and retailers, you'd expect. I would think you're going to see a rebound in both investor and consumer confidence in the next I think, couple of weeks. I think that's absolutely correct. I think that confidence is a derivative of leadership, as I've always written, whether it's corporate confidence, political leadership. Mm. If we could get three or four years of stable government in this country, mm. the situation where here policies is... Can yeah, get where passed. policies are you know, pro-business and you know, pro-growth, I think things can be really quite buoyant here. Mm. You know? But I think that you know, we underestimate the, the instability caused by change. And if we can have a period of stability, I think it'll be great for investing in this country in, in certain sectors. Mm. But the first thing that happened today, every stock that I've mentioned here today was heavily shorted. Mm. And, the, and the reaction was a very big short squeeze in all those names, yeah. JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, big, big shorts in yeah. those things. Now, Charlie, so the, what happens next is if we can build into some sort of more extended confidence, I think that's a really interesting development. And what about the, the fact that um, stocks and companies that were preferred on the anticipation that Labor would win and therefore franking credits yeah. could be affected. There was, like a, rates, there was a big they, rotation, they, big rotation yeah. today from, from unfranked yield to franked yield. Yeah. So the losers today were real estate investment trusts, infrastructure stocks and utilities to agree where there's yeah. not the fully franked dividend. A lot of people have been hiding in things like Sydney Airport, Transurban, uh, most of the real estate investment trusts because they thought, you know, all things being equal, post the Labor government, these dividend yields without franking will be similar to these. Mm. So I mean, Transurban, I'm, I'm a big fan of Transurban, Peter, as yeah. you know, right? Yeah. But on Friday, hit an all-time, got over $14. Mm. Its yield was get was down at four point one percent. Unfranked. Mm. Unfranked. You know, mm. so it, these things got way way mm. overbought. So I think part of what we saw with the Transurban, Sydney Airport, the Property Trust, you know, was just the what well, wasn't buy the rumour, sell the fact. Mm. It was the opposite of that. So mm. you know, the stocks that have been unloved that have been hit really badly because of the prospect of a shortened government. You know, mm. shorts got squeezed, and the opposite happened. But those that have been bought up in anticipation of of you know changes to the uh, Rules around franking credits and other things. They've just got some of the and, and some of those names, as you well mentioned, Paul, have got wildly expensive. They have got wildly expensive. Well, right? and, and if you look yeah. at Sydney Airport, I mean, its actual fundamentals have been deteriorating yeah. a little yeah. bit lately. Passenger growth, is correct? Not, is not yeah. But the shares, the shares took yeah. off like the space shuttle. Like mm. it, it's quite amazing. So they were down four percent today. 
There's a little bit of profit taking around in some of those names that are expensive and unfranked. And I actually think that will continue because here we are back in a world where franking credits are valuable. Yeah. So that, that, that to me is a structural development today that will probably continue, that the rotation out of unfranked back to frank yield will continue for some time. Okay, so um, the big end of town stocks, the, the top, say, top 50, they've been chased in recent times and we know foreign companies, when they do buy, often go for the big, big company names. But we know that small caps haven't done as well and, uh, and value fund managers haven't performed very well. Is there going to come a time in the not too distant future where because the big names, and Paul, you often said West Farmers is a peak price, Woolworths a peak price, that they're going to start searching, and you're a searcher for value, are there going to be companies, smaller companies in Australia that are actually going to be you know, sifted through and given the big tick and we'll start seeing them sort of pay catch up? Well, potentially, but what I've noticed this year is the performance of the ASX 200s, the large, the very big part of the ASX 200s, almost been inverse to the Australian dollar on a daily basis. So any time the Aussie dollar's down, the market's generally up, and every time the Aussie dollar's down, the, uh, sorry, every time the market, every Aussie dollar's down, the market's generally up, and vice versa. Mm. That changed a bit today with Aussie dollar up and market up, but the only part of the market that was really up were the banks and a few other housing-related stocks. Yeah. The rest of the market struggled a little bit, which was quite interesting. I, I, I think if the currency recovers a bit like we think, I don't think the broader market will actually go on with it. I think you will see some profit taking in the Woolworths and Wes Farmers and some of these other names that have done well on a sort of chase for safety. Mm. And then therefore the market may look at some more risky sectors, some of the small caps that have been left behind, some housing related small caps, which all look reasonably cheap and deep value. And no one, there's no, there's no love in being a value fund at the moment, no. but that, that actually makes it interesting as well. Yeah. So look, I think the answer is potentially, yeah. because there's some very highly priced, inverted commas, safe stocks in Australia, yeah. and I'm not sure you need safety right now. Mm. Paul? Yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think stocks like Woolworths, okay, sure, there's an off-market buyback going yeah. on, and that's going to reduce the number of shares, and that's why I guess there's been some things, but that's trading on a model now of 25 times. Mm, but not much growth. But not much growth, right. okay, you know, you're getting a couple of percent sales growth and you might get you know, earnings growth of four or five percent, but it's not really very exciting. Mm. So, you know, but that's a huge model for safety. Okay, it's not going to go down much. You're not going to, sorry, the earnings growth is not going to go, it's not, it's well, not it, gonna it could go, go down much but, if it makes a mistake. But, like if it's priced aggressively, it can. Yeah, can, yeah. And it could get re-rated, but you're paying a huge premium for safety. Mm. And I, I think that the market will be forced to come to start to look at some of the non-tech yeah. uh, baby stocks. Whether they're yet going to fall in love, I don't know, Peter. Mm. But, uh, but look, I think, that's, I think it's the right debate because, you know, at the end of the day, the market was very worried about what was coming next, was paying exorbitant prices for safety, paying prices for resource stocks because of iron ore. That's slightly different, right? But the market in industrials was very bull, very highly pricing safety, very against cyclicality, mm -hmm. very against the Australian consumer, very against the east coast of Australia, and now it has to rethink that a little bit. And those rethinkings can be quite big movements, quite big movements in share price if, if they become a consensus thought. I think what really happens here, Pete, is that if you go back to where we are, franking now exists, negative gearing now exists. To me, it goes back to the old adage that it's Australia for income, international for growth. Mm and you want to own some international base, Australian international stocks mm -hmm. and some international stocks for growth. Mm. And to me, it's, a, it's that combination again, Australia for income, because income's now, fully yeah, frank income's yeah. now as valuable as it always was. Uh, 
and the rest of the world you can go and so, find some growth. So all the people who've been chasing income, a lot of the uh, self-funded retirees, should they send Bill Short the Christmas card because they got those special dividends on the on the basis they did. that, they did. So that they're, they're going to be some many changes. Boom, uh, for the next when they launch the tax return for this year, Peter. Yeah. But they probably should be sending about Bill Short a bit of a Christmas card yeah. because uh, he's not going to get too much other love, no. and uh, a lot of retirees are going to have a pretty good 2018-19 uh, tax year, yeah. and they're going to have a pretty good next year. When the market's at 11-year high, so mm. it's it's hard to mm. you know. Investors should be starting to think again. This is this is these are good times. And mm. interestingly, one of our previous guests today, Peter, or some of the momentum people out there and the charters are saying, well, this is a bit of a breakout. So yeah. look, I'm not ready to say it's a breakout, but that's what if if, if mm. the momentum guys get behind it mm. and start to say this market's, you know, we could see a bit more yeah. in this market. Well, just right. remember, just remember, yeah. banks carry a huge weight in they the do. index. They do, and right? it's been the so, banks' unloved yeah. part. Correct, they held us back. The market from going. Yeah, out. and so if we get a trade deal from from Donald Trump, is that going to be another leg up, Charlie? Well, that might be a while coming. Mm. You know, that seems that to, that's being pushed well, out. Well, you in New York, all the, all the heavies over there were giving you their... Well, they're very anti-China in America, very anti-China, very yeah. consensus anti-China. You know, Americans play a home game. They don't yeah. see any reason to invest outside America. And yeah. fair enough, you've got most of the best companies in the world. Yeah. They think Trump's pursuing the right strategy. They think they've been ripped off by China for decades. Mm. You know, transfers of intellectual property. And it's a very consensus view that Trump is pursuing the right strategy. And that if you think is about it, it... Is that a Wall Street view or... Uh, it's or a Wall Street Wall and Main Street and view. And Main Street view, right. Yeah, okay. I'm very he, he strong on that. He hasn't prevailed upon them because they're all too scared not to have well, the Well, his approval ratings are highest it's ever been at 46%. Most people think that he will get re-elected in the next term. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a Wall Street and Main Street view. Even farmers who have been hit by these tariffs appear to be still on his side. Now, it's interesting though, because if you look at the construction of US indices, the vast bulk of those stocks, like the big ones, like Microsoft, Google, it's, you know, etc. they're really not affected by much. Facebook, they don't even operate in China. The one that does get affected by it is potentially Apple. Apple. If all yeah. these tariffs come in, the Apple iPhone is made in China yeah. and it will not avoid the next round of tariffs. Mm. So either they put the price of the Apple iPhone up 160 bucks or Apple absorbs the, the tariffs. Mm. So that's a tricky one for the markets because Apple's you know, weight in the index is very big. It fell about 15% over the last week or so. Just on people thinking, well, if the full tariffs come in, Apple's probably the one that has the greatest headwinds. But the broader technology stock base over there that's led markets is really not that affected by tariffs and may actually see rotation from stocks that are affected by tariffs. So, okay. Look, it's, it's a, I don't think there's, I think this is a, both sides of US politics seem to support this anti-China view. Okay. So US economy? What, going what? really well. By, when I was there last week, I think really, you know, full employment, wages are rising. There's confidence. No recession calls. I, I just think that I think looking at the bond markets irrelevant to this mm. recession. I don't. I, from what I saw in the meetings I had, I don't think there's any recession coming in America. I think it's still travelling well. The latest U.S. reporting season was strong, better than expected. About 80% of companies beat expectations and, and raised their guidance. Mm. Look, I think there's more to come from America. Paul, has, has um, Charlie been drinking the Kool-Aid? Look, in I think he might have had a little bit of Kool-Aid. Mm. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm natural skeptic. Nat yeah, I mean, look, he's a bit like you, Pete. He's more of a half-full guy. Yeah, I, I like I, the Kool-Aid. I, I, I enjoy I'll, the Kool-Aid. I'll just say two things. I can't <laughs> see the Fed cutting interest rates. I just don't know where that talk comes from. Yeah. But that's 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 the American... Well, they're not putting them up anyway, right. so that's good news. <laughs> they're not putting it up, which is yeah. good news. The other thing about tariffs, I will say, of course, someone ha a tariff is a tax and someone has to pay it and consumers mm. are paying it, right? Yeah. So, it, while I think there's a lot of support now, the longer the tariffs go on, the harder that's going to be to maintain domestic support. So people forget that, that that's what a tariff actually does. And that's actually, uh, 
I'm not sure it's inflationary or not in the US, but it's, it's, it's going to slow growth at some stage. So it's not actually good for long term for the economy. So look, I hear what, Char what Charlie says that in some of the key sectors, this doesn't really matter too much. Uh, and there's a lot, you know, Americans play a, a, a hometown game. So yeah. you know, the, the anti-China sentiment is, uh, is, is probably really strong. Okay, Charlie, one last quick one. People that don't watch you just to hear you being a, a real smart person, they want a stock. What's the stock that you like going forward? Well, still, the biggest holding the fund is not an Australian stock, it's Microsoft, mm. which I've mentioned in the Switzer Super Report. You still like it? Yeah, I think it's a great company. I think it's a trillion dollar company now that could be a trillion and a half dollar Position company. Position world I mean, the these, these, some of these stocks, say, when you think about trade wars and things, you think Microsoft's on about 23 times earnings, growing at 15% per annum compound, and has 80 billion of cash on its balance sheet and no borrowings. Mm. And you think it's, good. A, it's just. You don't have to go too far from the biggest companies in the world to find good investments. Hmm. So while it's always tempting to go and look at small caps and things and other riskier, riskier illiquid things, the vast bulk of my portfolio is still in you know, the biggest companies in the world. I, I think they still look good, many of those large American companies, and mm. Visa and MasterCard and Amazon, I think they're fine. Okay. The Chinese stuff's proving hard though, Pete. Like China's under pressure again today and yeah. last week. The market's rightly or wrongly. But do we buy them? Do we buy them? I don't know. The, the market's that trade deal will turn Well, the market's around. rightly or wrongly. You think the tariffs are much worse from China than America? Mm. Much worse. That is the market's interpretation. Yeah. So, look, I'm just sitting there watching a lot of that. You know, you don't want to walk into a, you know, as they say, catch the falling knife. Mm -hmm. But I think, look, I think, I think the world is still. I think it's still a chance to be reasonably fully invested. I think the world looks okay. Okay, Paul. Yeah. You got, what's your best? You, you got them all right this morning, but it's too no, late. Really. They've all gone it's up. It's all gone up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, all I, those I, you said, the banks and I'm hesitating a little bit because I, I think I'm going to look at some, try to find some value stocks because yeah. I, 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 look, the BHP and Rio, it's the iron ore price, right? Yeah. And this whole thing with Barley and. You know, if, if, if production keeps getting constrained there, then, you know, they could go a lot higher. So, yeah. but am I buying those at the moment? The answer is, is, is no, Pete. The Transurbans and Sydney Airport's gone too high. They need yeah. to pull back. I think Transurban back below $13 would be back in my, my sights again, because mm. I still think that's a, that's a great business with guaranteed, uh, and I love annuity-based stocks. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm really Save it for next week. I'll give you one more. I, I think I'd almost be inclined to go back and some of the like, like the CSLs at the moment. I still think that company. It's around two hundred dollars. Mm. I think it went down today. Yeah. I don't yeah. see Again, where the CSLs went off a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. it's actually off in a day. The market was up yeah. hundred points. There's this that stock is, is yeah. even that it is moldable. Yeah. There's still it's it's one for the Morgan long. Stanley's put a, a, a target about two twenty five. I think on, on CSL last week. So. You may well, there's a 10% game with one of the best companies in the world. Guys, thanks for joining us on this thanks, inaugural Switzer TV on the internet. Charlie Aiken, Aiken Investment Management. People can always invest in your fund too. That'd be very, we, we will You'd accept their that, money. <laughs> and then of course, there's Paul Ricard from theswitzer.com.au and the Switzer Report. Thanks for joining us. I'm Peter Switzer.